Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell, here to talk about your Auburn Tigers. And, you know, sometimes on this show, we get to all celebrate together. And sometimes on this show, it's a bit of a therapy session. And I sense that that might be what this episode is. I know I need it a little bit. I need to be uh, talked down because this uh, past week's result certainly was not the one we were all hoping for. But Jason and I are going to break it all down for you. A little bit might be painful, but we're going to make it make it enjoyable. And then we're going to preview the Mississippi State game this week, which is also a big one. And Plenty to still play for. And I think that that needs to be the overarching theme of all of this. So we are glad that you have joined us. Before we get into the meat and potatoes, as Jason likes to say, first, we got to hear a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So make sure you head to the new updated desktop or the mobile website to sign up today. And they're giving a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit from basketball, football, Baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. They have it all. So take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. Okie dokie. Now that we got our business out of the way, Jason Campbell, come on in. What's up, peeps? How y'all doing out there? Hey, I tell y'all what, everybody just, you know, basketball season started last night and Auburn put a good game on against Moorhead State, who actually made the tournament last year. So we're a basketball school. Yeah, yeah, we're a basketball school. (laughs) Basketball school and we're a football school and we're a baseball school. And now we're We're also a gymnastics school. school and we're a softball school. So we're all things, everything Auburn. So you know, but let's get back to the meat and the potatoes, which is <laughs> why we're talking today in this type of voices because Auburn struggled this weekend on the road. Uh, it was a three to three ball game in the third quarter, and then all of a sudden everything just kind of broke loose. And yep. you know, turnovers on the road and you know, giving up big plays always comes back to bite you. And this is what happened in this game, Taylor. We we went in there and we stayed in the fight. It was a dog fight for. It was a defensive battle pretty much the whole game. It was the only – there was no touchdown scored by any offense. And, you no know, Auburn hasn't scored a touchdown in six quarters now. So, yep. you know, we really got to figure out, like, what's going on there and why we're not able to put the ball in the end zone. And then from a defensive standpoint, we play a bend but don't break defense. And from a standpoint, they really did a good job. They just gave up a lot of rushing yards to a really good yeah, rushing football team. I should have tried to, you know, make the quarterback – have to beat us a little bit more than he did, but uh, you know, kudos to them. You know, they did what they had to do as well. But uh, no, what a tough loss was. It, it is a tough loss, especially in November when you're trying to compete for the SEC West. It is, and it, it's difficult because we all knew the hype coming into this one. It was 13 versus 14. It was two teams that kind of controlled their destiny, were in the driver's seat. The narrative set us up for this to be a very big one, and and where, in, especially in the playoff era, the 
flip side of that coin of getting, you know, all the hype and excitement around a game is how hard it hits for whichever team walks away with the loss because we spend all this time building it up and talking about what's at stake and what a win would do that then when the loss is yours, it's such a blow. And, and I think that, you know, it, it, it's the nature of, of college football and whether we talk about it or not, they know what's on the line. Like you can't hide from the reality of, of where we are in college football, but it just continuously goes back to the conversation about what, how the playoff has changed kind of the nature of college football a little bit, because once you feel like a conference championship and, or a playoff bid is out of the picture, everyone, you immediately start talking 2022 and and like, it sucks because they still have a lot to play for. And I think that bowl games in some way, we still need to maintain the prestige of them and, and the benefit of them. And unfortunately we're just trending downward in that. And so that it just makes these, these losses so much heavier, but there's still a lot for this team to accomplish before this season wraps up. And and we're certainly going to talk about that. It'll start with how they respond against Mississippi state, but yes, this was a huge matchup. And unfortunately Auburn did not rise to the occasion losing 20 to three. It was a season low in points and in total yards with just 226 on the day. Bo was 20 of 41 for just 153 yards. He was sacked four times. He had two turnovers and he had no completion longer than 15 yards. Now his wide receivers once again did not do him many favors. Just five total receptions for 32 yards by the entire wide receiver group. The leading receiver, I don't know if anyone listens to our podcast, Jay, but it was Sean freaking Shivers, who I went on a rant about last week, wanting to see him in the game more. But he was actually the leading receiver, six receptions on six targets for 40 yards. Um, But as far as the wide receiver group, And again, this is why I say, like, you can't blame any one piece. Obviously, the quarterback is going to take so much of of the, you know, blunt of it because they're they're the front facing guy. You know, you represent the team. You're the one other than the center, the only one who touches the ball every snap. Like, I get that. But like football is a, a game of dominoes. If one piece, if the offensive line does not pick up a blitz, like happened so many times that pressure is in Bo's face way sooner than it should be. I don't think the offensive line had a great game. I don't think Bo had a great game. I don't think the wide receivers had a great game. So as a whole, the offense did not play well, but it is very tough when you start nitpicking, nitpicking one person individually, because if the domino in front of them fell, what are you expecting to happen to that domino? So I think we all need to kind of have a little bit of understanding that this was this was a unit problem. It was one of Bo's worst games, but it's not like all the pieces around him were playing perfectly either, and he was just a crapshoot. Like, it all kind of fell apart at, at the hinges. Well, I say this, uh, you know, listen to the whole analogy. I, I say, you know, just watching a game on Saturday, to me, is – the same thing that keeps happening that bites us against really good teams. Like I told you before, we get away with it against average football teams. But when we play against really good defenses, once we get to that red zone area and we can't figure out a way to try to punch the ball in the end zone. But against average teams, it seems like we do it with that ease. So until we can figure out like, okay, how to become mono on mono against the bigger and the stronger opponents that equal us, 
how do we punch them in the face and still score touchdowns? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, once we get to that part of the field, it really you really have to hone in mentally as a player as well as being physical, but don't shoot yourself in the foot. What I mean by that, don't have false starts, don't have holding calls, mm-hmm. don't have things that that set you backwards because you're closer to scoring and and the field becomes smaller. So you have to be able to understand like when things are condensed, you can't afford those type of errors. And I feel like right. we keep doing that to ourselves in the bigger games uh, against equal matchups. And and this game was no different. I, I feel like from a standpoint that like I, I feel like as a whole, the whole offense, you know, they, they we didn't have our one of our best games and. You know, we haven't played up to par since the first half of the old Miss game. You know, the second half, we didn't really look in up. And then this game, we did the same thing. So, you know, to me, like when it comes to the receiver standpoint, yes, they could have helped us a little bit uh, as well, catching some balls. But I'm also a quarterback, and I also see things right. too. And I feel like Bo missed a lot of throws as well. He did. And he missed some girls while he was throwing the ball at the guy's foot and they were trying to reach and catch it. Like that's a tough catch when a guy's running full speed or you got to reach behind him or you got to reach up high. Like it's not as easy as it may seem. So he missed some guys as well. And they also, we dropped some balls as well. So to me, I, I, I put everybody as a whole, and even from a standpoint as, a, as an offensive line, like, Yes, the offensive line, once the blitz come up the middle, you've got to be able to set your feet in the ground and be able to pin guys at the line of scrimmage. And once you get yeah. knocked back, you know, your quarterback is on the run. And and, and for them, and, and the turnovers, though, you know, with Bo, the one he tried to scram out of the pocket, he has to understand that when you're carrying a ball, you can't carry that thing like a loaf of bread, as you hear coaches say all the time. Yeah. And on that play, he was carrying that ball with one hand, and then he tried to switch it to both hands, and he got ready to switch it. The ball hit his left elbow and the ball came out and then all of a sudden it goes backwards and they picks it up and running in for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like that's a a backbreaker, you know, like yeah. those are the things that he hasn't been doing over the last couple of weeks. He's been playing very consistent football and protecting the football. And in that incident, it kind of reverted because he has one hand on that ball. He has to know when people are around him, just go ahead and put two hands on it because things like that can happen. And right. And on the interception, you know, that was like a fourth down play, I believe, like, you know, just trying to make a play. But but my whole thing is where do we we, we got to get back to the basic, like run the football successful, hit people where play action pass. You know, we missed the pass. I believe it was in the first half. We had a guy down the down the middle where we overthrew him. He was open. Uh, that could have really changed the game and opened up some things. But you don't want to be in that place, though, Taylor, where every time somebody's open like that and you miss it, you're like, oh, there goes the game. Like right. you don't you don't want to feel like that. You want to be like, all right, we missed that one, so we'll get another one. You know, so we'll catch yeah. another one later. But it's almost like once we miss that one or two opportunities, it's almost like, oh man, here we go. They're you know, and then, yeah, you're deflated, and then it's like instead of just saying, hey, hey, it's okay, I missed one, you dropped some. Hey, we all in the same together. We'll right. get the next one. You know, that's how you have to talk to each other. Like, hey, we'll get the next one. Like, let's take another shot. Let's just not not take another shot. Like my whole thing is. You want to take at least two shots a quarter. At the end of the game, you should end up with eight shots where you threw the ball down the field and tried to attack the defense. And I feel like we did that in the LSU game. We did that Mm -hmm. in the uh, Arkansas game. In the Ole Miss game in the first half, I feel like we did that. But ever since that first half, I feel like 
we're not really connecting on trying to take that shot. And I don't know whether we had so much respect for them as a defensive front, um, especially mm-hmm. because they were tough up front and we didn't feel like maybe we can protect that long. So we didn't want to have both holding onto the ball in, in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. So maybe that played into it, but we got to find a way to get back at our bread and butter. And that's run the football successful, get both more involved in RPOs when we get into the red zone, because he is a threat. We're running the ball with his legs. So make the defense have to defend that. Like people have to defend Baltimore when they play Lamar Jackson in the red mm-hmm. zone. It's tough because they utilize him so much in the RPO game. So yeah. we're going to have to do that. And that's what did it for us in the old miss game. Both scored two touchdowns off the runs off right. RPOs. So, right. We just got to carry that over into each week and make teams respect that, and that would help get guys open at the second level. I know. That's what they even talked about in the broadcast. Like, at some point, when you're getting down to the wire like that and your offense is repeatedly unable to get anything going and find any sort of rhythm, you've got a quarterback that you can almost start viewing as a running back option. Like, you, you've got that ability in him that and honestly, like he's wanting to get out of the pocket anyway. This is not a game that's allowing him to really settle those feet and all those th- those conversations of the pass game element aren't really here for this one. So I, I do think that you you turn up the volume a little bit on that aspect of his game because it is effective. And I just don't think that it was the best response to what AM was giving us because they had they played a really good game. And for the second straight week, we face a quarterback who goes out with a, an ugly injury, looks like he's going to be down for the count, and he comes back in. And I, I just, just like I did with Matt Corral, I'm not here to sing the praises of our opponent, but like you, this is a brutal game. It is a a grueling, brutal game on your body. And for a lot of these guys, keep in mind, Calzada was not their QB one heading into this season. He got thrust into this situation because of injury to their starter. And he has had to pull off wins against top dogs, i.e. Alabama. But like this kid is still trying to like find his own and, and develop as, as a leader for this team on a stage that doesn't allow you much margin for error and you get banged up like that in a way that like it's going to affect how you play and you freaking grit your teeth and come back out there. I have so much respect for that. And you just made a great point when you talked about how he just kept bouncing back or how the team kept bouncing back. Let's talk about it. Their, their tight end is considered one of the better tight ends in the nation. Did you see how many balls he dropped in the first half? Uh-huh. Like he dropped a ton of balls, but they didn't keep hanging a hat on that. Like they kept sticking to their offense. They kept running things. They kept going to him. They didn't stop going to him. They kept throwing the ball to him because they know at some point that's not the norm. He's going to hit. He's going to catch the big one. Find it, and that's the thing. You you have to stick and keep going. Like I said, we can't get so caught up on well, our receivers drop balls, but in the last two games they caught balls. You know what I'm saying? Then this game, you know, what I'm saying? it's just things like that. If you keep honing on that type of stuff, then you got to keep telling that kid like, look, I know you dropped this, but I'm coming right back to you because he might just catch the one that might might break the game open makes the difference yeah makes the difference so that's the whole thing because it's a quarterback like okay if i miss three in a row i don't want the coach to stop calling passing plays you right. know what i'm saying so those are the type of things that we saw from them where they kept going like especially in the run game like miller and then they can't hit you with agony like they kept involving those guys in the run game when they felt like their quarterback couldn't push the ball down the field what they do they screened us you know yep. what I'm saying? Like they, they did different things like that to make sure their athletes were getting the balls in their hands and making something happen with it. And that's why I say kudos to them. You know, we've owned them in their stadium. You know, we beat yeah. them four times in a row and they got us this time and everything. So, you know, hat go off to 
great game plan. But at the same time, though, like, could we play better? Yeah, we could have played better, but we still got to understand that this is Harson's first year and guys are still trying to learn. And for the rest of this season, it doesn't matter if you you still are playing for a lot. For a lot of guys, yeah, you're playing for your draft status. For other guys, you're playing because you're still trying to be on this team next year to build something mm-hmm. while Coach Harson go gets new recruits. And then you're also trying to set the tempo for a great finish of the year. Auburn has not finished seasons well over the last three to four years. Like yeah. when we play these bowl games, it's like we don't, we don't show up. And then right. it carries over into the next season at the start. Like, so finishing is very, very important and is, is huge for even like a guy like Bo, as he continues to try to mature and continue to his quarterback career, you want to finish the season strong. Tank, right. you want to finish the season strong. Shivers and Sean, O-line, like we got four seniors. Come on, you mm-hmm. kidding me? Like, we got guys that on defense going to have a shot to play at the next level. So 100%. leap a legacy. So that's the thing that should make these guys continue to play because not anything is given to you. Everything is earned. At the end of the day, it's going to be one champion of college football. But there's going to be a lot of respect for teams on how you finish the season. Be one of those teams. Right. And I think that, you know, for the guys that this will be their last college campaign obviously you're you're playing to put your best stuff on tape in hopes of reaching the next level and for guys that will be returning next year yes you are continually playing to make sure that you have a spot established next year but you also have to put a brand of football out there that high caliber recruits want to be a part of right so in no way shape or form is the towel thrown in because we likely will not have a trip to Atlanta I think the overall theme that you go back to is just a lack of consistency. It it does. A lot of it does go to Bo because his style of play is high risk, high reward, but also like that is almost insustainable in, in right now with college football and right now with the pieces that he has around him, he either gives you greatness or like we have three points and 200 yards on the day. Like it's one extreme or the other. Yeah, and that, and that's the part of his maturing process. Like he's got to find a way to like, how do I settle myself down when I feel like things are going chaos? You know, mm-hmm. as a quarterback, because I, I saw one time when the guys was, I guess they must have lined up wrong, and it was right before they went to a TV timeout, and he was, you know, oh, and he was kept yelling at the guys, kept yelling at the guys, uh-huh. and everything. And right there, I'm just like, you know, okay, maybe they need to find a way to get to the sidelines find a way to like woosaw as people would say like calm the temperature down you know like and I think the best way you do that is you get you get some bootlegs you get some nakeds and uh, get the quarterback outside of pocket hit some balls out in the flats throw some quick game you know something that's not a long developing play where you have to rely on him to try to wait for someone to come open but you can hit a quick slant or hit a quick stick route by the tight end and and everything because you have to calm the temperature down because over the years as I watch him a lot of times where he gets in trouble is when he makes that play worse is when the temperature doesn't calm down like it's one thing and then we call something else and then it's like that he does something else and I was like okay just just Take it out of his hands just for a little bit. You know, rely on tank, rely on shower, give some quick game just to get him back in the set of things because it's all about getting the quarterback back into a rhythm and getting his confidence back going. And a lot of times the coaches can't do everything about that. Sometimes it comes on you as a player of just saying, okay, I need to just calm down right now. You know, like we're still in the ball game. Let me just take a deep breath, calm down. Because if you feel like you just made a bad play and I just had a turnover, 
you can't come on the field the next series still worrying about that same turnover you just had and be like, okay, now I got to try to make up for that. And then you're having another bad play because you're trying to make up for the one you just had. You know, you just got to let bygones be bygones and learn as a quarterback how to move forward to the next series and not let that last one chaos your mind. And uh, I think, and that's where he gets himself in trouble. And now from an offensive standpoint, I feel like, you know, we probably we're we're going against a Mississippi State team this week that loves to aerate the ball. Like they love to throw the ball. You know, quarterback is throwing over seventy five percent completion of some of his passes over the last six games. And you know, so we've seen this kind of offense from Ole Miss. So you're going to get a similar offense this week from Mike Leach offense. Now the thing is, their defense is a little bit better defense than Ole Miss defense, but they are coming off a heartbreaking loss. People ask me sometimes, do you rather have a one point loss? or you get your tail kicked. And we used to say as players, well, I'd rather get my tail kicked because that way I know I can just say, well, it wasn't, it wasn't this one play. It was a whole bunch of plays, you know? So we just going to forget about this game and press on and go get the next one. Where in Mississippi State right. case, you drive down the field in 21 seconds, you get in field goal range, and then your kicker straight shanks the ball. Now you're like, you feel deflated, you know what I'm saying? So it's harder for them to get up for this game than it is for us. So I expect us to come out with a little fire this game. Look at LSU. What are they playing for? They coach is not even going to be on the team next year, and they almost beat Bama. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that. Like, Tennessee, Josh Heupel is, is in his first year. They're going and knocking off Kentucky. They're going and playing teams. Tough. They took Alabama to the fourth quarter. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So they are building something. The same thing Auburn is doing. Auburn is building something under Coach Harson. So they need to come out there and realize, like, you get a chance to play football on Saturdays. So whatever thing that hit you in your mindset when you got ready to sign that letter of intent to come to college and the privilege you knew it was to play, to be able to play in front of 80, 90,000 people, don't take that lightly. You come to the right. same game with that same mindset and realize the golden opportunity that you have because guess what? You don't just show up and just start winning championships. You got to go through some, but it's how you handle things while you're going through it. Are they going to prevail or you going to fail? It's one of the two. So that's why I said, just step up and just play hard this week. Yep. I think that that's, you know, something that we have done often is kind of rise to the occasion after a tough loss. It's not always sustained after a big win. And I think that that's kind of the next step in the journey as well is like establishing that consistency and response of coming off a big win and, and staying on the stage that you then put yourself on. Um, but I do think that, you know, we obviously have to give a lot of credit to our defense. They, they played a heck of a game. I mean, it is very, tough to know that you as a defense did not allow a touchdown and yet you walk away with a loss like that is just a it's a one-sided loss unfortunately like it is a team sport but defense did everything required of them to get a w like this one just it fell on the the shoulders of the offense but um one thing was it, i think the defensive line did a did a good job but there there wasn't a whole lot of pressure on calzada once again like we're allowing quarterbacks to have very comfortable days when we go against us. Our secondary is lights out. Our linebackers play fantastically. I think the defensive line could could up the pressure a little bit. Um, well, we I think need to even, blitz a little more. And blitz a little more. I, I would agree with that for sure. I mean, Matt Corral, Max Johnson, and Sean Clifford, they were all able to have over 300-yard passing days. And they're just – 
they're allowed a lot of time and a lot of comfort. And I think at some point, like you've, you've got to put the pedal to the metal in, in affecting these quarterbacks a little bit more. That was one thing they also were able to run over 200 yards on us. So the run defense affecting the quarterback, I still think there is room for improvement there, but it was a, a great showing from the secondary who they were without safety's eye on pocket and, and still really stepped up in his absence. And um, I, I think that there were so many good takeaways, you know, we're saying our offense has not scored a touchdown in the last six quarters. Well, our defense hasn't allowed any touchdowns in the last six quarters. So they're really holding their own. They're doing a great job. Um, but the challenge will be different this week and, and it'll be a, a different approach and a different task against this Mississippi state offense. So let's bury the A&M game as Mississippi state rolls into town. They, uh, like you said, coming off a tough loss to Arkansas down at the end, missing a field goal. Mike Leach basically put out a, a campus wide <laughs> audition <laughs> for kickers. He basically said, like, anyone who thinks you can kick, call me, um, which is, you know, tough, but a reality. That's tough if you're a kicker to hear that, That's right? That's tough if you're your kicker, yep. Um, but three of their four losses this season are by three points or fewer. I mean, they have just been on the cusp of so many of them, and that starts weighing on you heavily. It really does. But um, obviously, you know what you're going to get with a Mike Leach offense. It's going to be that air raid. I mean, that was that was the narrative as soon as he came into the SEC is is him trying to implement it in the SEC, a, a place that it wasn't as common. But quarterback Will Rogers has thrown for over thirty three hundred yards on the season. He's got twenty three touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's third in the country in passing yards with a 75.2% completion percentage. So not only are they wanting to take those shots and air it out, but he's accurate and effective in it as well. And they've got wide receivers who are arguably playing their best ball right now. They're, they're kind of peaking and, and finding their own right now. Um, Makai, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Polk leads with 71 catches for 720 yards and six touchdowns. He's a Cal transfer. And then Jaden Wally has been emerging as of late. He's a younger guy. Um, but this is an offense that I think is going to challenge you in ways that you aren't seeing every week in the SEC. There's a different element to it. Um, but I, I would bet on our defense in most matchups right now. I, th I think that this defense is, is so keyed in. I think they are going to need to try and affect him and get him uncomfortable up front. He, this is not a guy that can have days that Sean Clifford and, and, you know, Max Johnson had, he needs to be uncomfortable because they have every capability and comfortability with airing it out. So how, um, how does this change from a defensive perspective, just knowing how much, and look, I, I think the, the perception is that they don't run the ball. They do. They have two caliber backs. Like they, yeah. they will show you run as well. So you, you got to be able to fit those, but in terms of facing an air raid offense, a QB who's got a 75.2 completion percentage, uh, you know, keying in on that aspect of it, how's it changed from some of the quarterbacks you see throughout the league? Well, one thing about this Rogers kid, too, is he's a tough kid as well. You know, we, we talked about the last two quarterbacks we've played like this guy. Every time you look at the game, he's like he's his shoulders hanging off and he's you know trying to build himself back up for the next series. So he's another tough quarterback. So we're going to have to hit him often uh, early in the game. And I think for us, if you're a defensive back like this guy be a game you love. You know, because when you play against some of these other teams like Texas and you knew there's going to be a run heavy football game. 
Now you come into a game where it's kind of like your antennas go up where you did against Ole Miss, where you know you're going to get some chances to maybe get your hands on some balls because he will throw you some. And, you know, so it's all about being excited and, and having an opportunity to know that you're going to get the ball chunked at you at least 35 to 40 times. So you have a chance to make more plays. And for this defense, like I said, they haven't given up a touchdown in the last six quarters. Us playing 11 o'clock a.m. game, that means we're going to have to get our coffee in really early. You know, guys, guys have got to come off the bus like ready to play because they're five and four. We're six and three. They easily could be six and three as well. Like I said, or even seven and whatever, because they lost two or three games. But like you said, like they can't kick field goals. And so that's one thing that our defense can do really well is if we don't hold, we, we keeping them out of the end zone and they can't kick field goals, then we're already a leg up, you know, because that works into our advantage, but do not be mistaken. Like you say, Mike Leach, he, I, I'll never know when to take the guy serious. Like his yeah. interviews after a win, after a loss is kind of like the same. And I was just yep. like, he's kind of joking. And then you got the, they just, they just lost a crazy, like tough loss. But that's, I guess it just, you know, it, it works for him. But coming into this game, you, you better know that these kids are, are also trying to play for something. They're also mm-hmm. trying to finish the season out with a winning record. So bowl games do matter, especially if you can get those New Year's Day bowls. Like it's a big financial yeah. game for your university. It's also you're on a primetime slot from a TV standpoint the, for and you're going to get a really good bowl matchup. And like you said, like it's for your future, you're building. So, you know, this is this is one of those games that uh it's probably one of the better football games of this weekend. And mm-hmm. uh, just thinking about it. So I know how Auburn had won and Mississippi State had won last week. It'll be a huge game, but it's still a, one of the bigger games in college football this weekend. And I think from us, like, I think the reason that Mason doesn't like to, to blitz as much, because he's just like, he probably looks at the film and he probably says to us and everybody else in the media, he probably says, why do I need to blitz if they're not scoring touchdowns? That's true. You know, like, he probably saying, if I blitz, then I leave my guys out on the island, and that's mm-hmm. a bigger opportunity to give up the bigger play. I'm not trying to give up the bigger play. You can have a big play, but not the bigger play. So mm-hmm. I think – and also running a 34 defense is very complex, and I think some guys may be confused if they blitz which zone area I'm supposed to drop to. So maybe they're just not there yet as well as far as, like, on that side of understanding the blitz packages. But I really can't complain you're not giving up touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so you know, you can have those in between the 20 and 20. If I'm keeping you out of the end zone, then I'm not really changing what I do. Like until you score scoring touchdowns and make me have to come after you, then maybe I go there. Cause I'm banking it. Did you got to go 10 to 15 plays? I'm banking on you making a mistake on one of those plays. It's either going to be a turnover a false start or a holding call. Something is going to set you back. I don't think that you can go 10 to 15 plays and just be on pace and nobody makes a mistake. That's how right. he and I think that's what he's going to try to do with uh, against Rodgers this weekend. Yeah. Defensively for Mississippi State, though, they're the 11th rushing defense, allowing just 102 yards per game and six touchdowns on the ground. Their strength of their defense is at linebacker. They've got Aaron Burrell. I'm not sure how to say that. Uh, Nathaniel Watson, Jet Johnson. Um, they've got some solid guys back there up front. They've got Tyrus Wheat, and they've got two of the best cornerbacks in the conference in Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes. So it's going to be a defense that's going to press you. It's going to challenge you. And coming off a day that Bo had in Texas A&M, you hope to see him kind of settle back in and get back into, 
I mean, look, the campaign that Bo has put together so far has been the best of his college career. Do you feel like he's got it figured out and all the kinks worked out? No, you just feel like there's been progress and it shows up in game. But unfortunately, old habits die hard, Jay. And like you, you know that at the quarterback position, when when those kinds of situations start unfolding, it's it's not like he's consciously doing this, but like it, there are aspects of it that are just ingrained in you. He also had different offensive coordinators every single year. So now here we are in his junior campaign talking about the same habits because they weren't handled in the time that they needed to be. And I think that's why they still are showing themselves. And the one thing about it is like the season started off this year, you know, you saw some of the things go away. And like I told people, I said, well, you know, we beat Akron, beat Alabama state. Anybody we put back there better do their job against them. So I said, it comes up. It's like, then, you know, you go to LSU, you know, some of those bad habits worked out well for him because right. it created it created big plays. So when it created big plays, then it's like as a coach, it's like, well, shoot, like he got away with it. So how can I fix it? He his mindset, he said, Well, coach, I just did this. Like, how are you exactly. gonna like, tell me that to like that I'm if, wrong if it's just scored touchdowns? But yep. the coach in his mind, the coach knows like, okay, that worked again LSU this year. You know, say so like you go to Arkansas, he played more consistently in the pocket. He didn't run around a whole lot. When he did run, it was off a of design run plays. He played yep. really good. And then all of a sudden, you know, you play against Ole Miss, the first half, he scores off, like I said design runs and then he didn't run around too too much in the first half what happened in the second half he started running around a little more and then we got off schedule a little bit and then you take that to the Texas A&M game and I always say like you measure up where you have where you have become once you get up against equal talent or above mm-hmm. you know not the ones that we should be you know that don't really have good defense but the ones that equal us or we feel like is a notch above and this was one of those games. And to yeah. see, like, where were we at, how far we've come from our offensive standpoint. And like Coach Harson said out of the game, this game will humble you. And I think yep. this game gave us a, a lot of humble pie, especially from an offensive standpoint. Like, you know, we beat up on some defenses that, you know, they were average defenses. But then we run up against some really a really good defense, and we feel like, okay, some of the things that we thought were gone are still here. And so we got to retool it again. And like they both run around this game like he does early in his career. No, he didn't run around a whole lot. You know, there's, you know, his, his running around is for like off, off schedule plays. It's not as much as it used to be, but it, there's still that protecting the ball factor. Once you get outside the pocket, you know, like knowing how to say when to say uncle and just go out of bounds, either protect yourself or just throw the ball out of bounds. But when you have that ball out there with one hand, you'll get away with it sometimes. But then that yeah. one moment, it can just bite you. And it bit him in this game where it just hit his elbow and picks it up and runs it for a touchdown instead of just having two hands on the ball, which comes back to fundamentals, as you was talking yeah. about. And those those things that Coach Harson and Coach Mike Bobo are still trying to get him to buy into, you know, protecting the ball, fundamentals, fundamentals, your feet, your eyes, like all those things matters. And sometimes you get away with it and you be like, well, shoot, I can't tell him now because he doesn't got away with it. But then it shows up again in this game where you didn't get away with it. And then it's like, okay, I got his attention again. Now let me see if I can get in the home back in. And then hopefully at some point, you won't have to keep having that conversation. You know, it, he'll just, yeah. you know, he'll have a better understanding, but it takes a long time to break old habits and they're trying to break them game by game. Yeah. And you can see, you can see improvement. And like I said, like 
yeah, did he have a setback in this game? Okay, the whole offense had a setback in this game. Right. You know, right. so I don't just put it just on him. I say the whole offense had a setback in this game, and everyone has got to come back next week. They got humbled and show up against Mississippi State. But defensively, like, you can't be allowing over 200 yards rushing either. You know, right. like, that means the other team is controlling the, the time of the possession of the game and the That's clock. That's true. So That's true. We can't just bang our hat on saying, okay, we didn't give up any touchdowns. Yeah, but we gave up 200 rushing yards. That means they're mm-hmm. holding the ball. So, yep. you know, that's something we got to hone in on. So there's things for this team to keep building and building and building. We didn't expect this team to, to win the SEC this year or go to the playoffs this year. If you would have right. asked anybody coming in with a new staff, like we are where we thought we would be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like with a, with a chance to improve and grow to where we want to be. So mm-hmm. this is these next couple of weeks are very critical for us. This game, the South Carolina game, and how we finish at home against Alabama is probably our most critical three-game stretch of the season, honestly, because it's going to show us where we are and how far we got to go. Right. And honestly, I think we have seen, even before this weekend, I mean, i.e. A&M beating them, Florida coming very close, and now LSU coming very close to beating Alabama there are weak links there. Like this Iron Bowl, very well. I've seen some media outlets saying like Auburn could be Alabama's kryptonite yet again this year. Like there, there, there is certainly something missing for this Alabama team. Um, but I also think y- you can't count South Carolina out at this point. I mean, I thought that was basically another Akron game, but they put a pummeling on Florida. Like it's yeah, just they showed up. I'm so confused by all of it. So you just, <laughs> you just have to take this thing one week at a time and not feel like it's all for nothing. You're still ranked in the top 25. We're 17 in the latest poll. There's still plenty to play for and a lot of big moments that could come from this final stretch of games. But well, this whole um, college ball thing is just, we could actually be the Sparta for Alabama and knock them out the playoffs at the end I of know. the year. So, know. you know, so that by itself can be like, hey, come on, sit on the couch with us, buddy. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, so true. But no, looking at this college playoff wild. format, it's wild. Look at the college playoff format. Like, it bounces around every week. Every week. You know, now I mean, Michigan is at number five. You know, mm-hmm. like Ohio State and Oregon is in the top three and four now. Well, Alabama two still of stays the five undefeated got beaten. Right. So you got to think Michigan plays Ohio State towards the end of the year. Alabama plays Auburn. And they, yep. whether they win or lose against us, they still got to play Georgia in the SEC championship game. And yep. then you have, you know, it, it's just so much that still has to go on for this season. And Cincinnati is like the odd man looking out right now because yeah. their schedule, their schedule doesn't help them. But nope. they got to probably, they probably sitting there like, it's probably going to work out for us anyway because they got to play each other. So they got to be losing. All in there. So, <laughs> Interesting year, man. Interesting season. Like it it's, sure it's is. fun to watch though, but interesting season. Definitely interesting. It's preventing any of us from looking like experts because no one can predict everything <laughs> this year. But as a consumer and a sports fan, it's been a lot more fun to see it kind of, it's been a toss up and uh, that just makes it more intriguing. But that is going to do it for us this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. If you're going to the game this week, as I assume my man Jake Cam will be, I hope everyone enjoys it. Early kickoff, but uh, get up, get you a, a, a breakfast burrito and a coffee and be there uh, ready to cheer my, or a mimosa. If, if that's what more to your liking, do whatever you got to do 
and uh, be there pulling them on to a big win because I, I certainly think that they, they'll need a bounce back and they, they deserve some excitement around it. So everyone enjoy the game. Enjoy another week of college football. Peeps, we only have like three more weeks. It blows my mind that we are almost done with this one. And, and for as much as we all love it, make sure you're enjoying it along the way. So have fun this weekend. We'll be back next week to break it all down here on Believe in Everything Auburn. For Jason Campbell and myself, enjoy the game, everybody. War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.